Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. podcast, 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 podcast. Hello beautiful people, welcome back to another episode of the Disnomics Podcast. Apologies for my voice, literally just as we finished recording this podcast earlier in the week, I descended into <laughs> a state of dysmapisma where I became very ill, so hopefully this intro to the pod doesn't sound too shabby. This week we're joined by a very special guest, lovely lady, my G, Stephanie, also known as Naysaga, content creator, gamer, consultant, events guru, all-round boss. We discussed her journey into gaming, how it helped her go through depression and a tough breakup. So I'm sure many people can relate to that story and how she got into games from a young age and how she saw how black people and women especially weren't really taken notice of in the game industry, how rollouts for games and just the whole game and scene wasn't really catered for us and how her and many others are trying to break that barrier, which they have done. And obviously she does some great things. There was a lot of controversy when she did bits with PS5 and Microsoft, pardon me, and Xbox. People were getting onto her, the ops were. So we had to go, we go through that. And just, yeah, all around great pod. So make sure you check that out. Um, last week's podcast, I spoke on tax. So it's not as interesting for many as gaming, but it's a very interesting podcast and something that we should know about. So I spoke about two taxes, the bedroom tax, as well as council tax. We've probably heard of both, especially council tax, but I go into the details of how do these taxes come about? What is the purpose of these taxes? Do they actually serve a purpose? And can we actually bin these taxes? Do we actually, should we be really paying these taxes? So make sure you check that out. Of course, there's Patreon. This is on Patreon. I dropped something earlier this week. Something will be dropped by the time we listen to this again. Like more and more stuff will be dropping. Of course, the visuals should look out for those. I apologize. I'm just not a very talented editor at the moment. So it's taking me a lot, lot, lot more time and I've actually been sick this week. So I've been in the mud. But um, that's something to look out for. Of course, trending. We've had two events so far. Both have been great. The streets are saying that London might be slapped in tier three. So that means no more turnups, no more restaurants, and all that type of stuff from the 19th, apparently. We're not sure yet, but if we are, then you've got to make sure you hit the last trend of the year, Friday the 18th of December. Make sure you get your tickets. Don't lack, especially the first event. People didn't get the tickets and they lacked. So get your tickets in. Come and have a good time before we might be descending into chaos that is tier three. So yeah, so that's what this week's podcast is looking at. If you have any topics you would like me to get into, any dilemmas, any shout outs, just hit me up on the email, hello at thisonomics.com. Or on the Insta, Dysonomics Pods, or my main Insta, Dysonomics. You can catch me on Twitter, underscore Nomics. Yeah, and make sure you check out Naysaga. She, that's N N E S A G A. That's on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, and Facebook. 
And yeah, of course, shout out High Frequency Studios while doing my podcast, excellent studio. And of course, shout out um, my two Andres, Andre behind the buttons and of course, Andre behind the cam. But yeah, this week, talking with the big G, Nay Saga. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Because it's late. It's late. I'm joined by a special guest. Um, how would you like to be referred to? Steph, Stephanie, it's up to you. How do I say Nasenga? Do I say it right? Nay Saga. Nay Saga. I literally just tweeted it today on my other account because... Because obviously, because you're like Ibo and you're Ibo in it? Yeah. So I just assume uh, maybe it's an Ibo thing. My, um, so the actual name, the first three letters is, comes from my middle name. Uh-huh. So it's pronounced as Nama. Mm-hmm. But, and obviously when you shorten it, it's Ne. Yeah. So, but because like mainstream, they won't understand it. So that's why I've kind of made it into Nay Saga. Yeah. But I still kept my first three letters there just to kind of give it that origin of yeah. like where it came from. I've been saying it the wrong time all this way. I was better embarrassed. I don't want to ask anybody because I was probably embarrassed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I literally just tweeted it today. It's pronounced Nay Saga because I have a lot of influx of like newer mm. audiences as well. So no, you're, you're, not, you're okay. not the first one. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know, Steph, aka Nay Saga, is a gamer, a content creator, an all-round boss. So how long... Yeah. Well, first of all, how did you get into... When did you first realise that you're really into gaming? Uh, from the age of four, mm. uh, I've always been a gamer growing up. Uh, being the eldest, it wasn't somebody where a guy brought me in or the, my brother, because mm. I have... Um, you get that stereotype that people always, assume girls can't be gamers. Uh, um, we, we can get into that later, but yeah. always. So, um, yeah, I've always been a gamer since like, the age of four and literally just kind of birthed my love for gaming. So I pretty much had a lot of... I've had almost every console. Obviously, there's some that I missed out on because there were consoles before I was born. What's the first console? The SNES. So the, okay, the, the entertainment system. I don't think I even had that. I think my, I think my first console, I think, was a PS1. Oh, really? So I skipped... I didn't get... Was it Dreamcast that was so, there? Yeah, so before PS1, I believe there was Dreamcast. Yeah. It was like Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, I didn't get any of them joints. It was just the PS1. Yeah. I think oh. a lot of introductions were the PS1 and stuff. Yeah. But for me, you know, I had, like, um, the SNES, obviously the N64, um, GameCube, then obviously going into, like, the PS1. N64 and GameCube were cold, man. They were amazing. They were amazing. GoldenEye, Mario Kart. Oh, this and Nintendo were in their bag. Like, my first ever console was a Nintendo console. So I'm always going to have love for Nintendo, even though I am a Sony girl through and through. Yeah. Like, my love for, my love came from, you know, a Nintendo system, so. So what is it that you love about gaming? Like, and do you think, is the, does it show any parallels to your personality? Um, it actually does, because gaming is an escape for me. Mm when the world gets too much and life is stressful, like that is where I escape to. Mm. And I didn't realize that it was such an escape until I got older and like life happened and stuff mm. like that. But when I was younger as well, like um, it was just something where I could just be in my own world. Um, you know, I could just enjoy myself. I can enjoy making and building things like with like no restrictions and just explore, you know, what I like doing. So obviously from gaming it birthed into, you know, my love for comics and anime and, mm. you know, movies and stuff like that. And, you know, yes, I was categorised as the tomboy because I wasn't into that typical, I guess, girly-ish. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> um, that was just where it birthed from. And it's just something where, it's, it's you know, it's a passion, it's a hobby. It's like having somebody who loves football. I mean, I love football, but, you know, you have someone that's really, like, balls deep into football. Yeah. And it's like they live, breathe, eat it. That's it for me with gaming. And, yeah, it's just something where I can just be in my own world and just enjoy everything. Like, and I love the immersive experience of it. Um, just being in it and it's awe and everything. It's just something that really just helps me, not just, like, um, mentally, but emotionally. Mm. And, you know, physically, because I'm a homebody. I love staying at home mm. and stuff like that. And... 
you know, yeah, like, it's game with you. Okay, so what, what would you say is, like, the first game that you proper, like, you have a vivid memory that you loved, like, you adored? Ah, uh, Street Fighter 2. Okay, Street Fighter. Yeah. So who's your character? Chun-Li. Chun-Li. Yeah. I feel like people that compare with Chun-Li are the people that are skilled. You know what? Like, okay, so I was actually good with Chun-Li and I kind of, like, as I was growing old, I kind of skipped the other uh, Street Fighter games, but because with me, when it comes to gaming, like, I have a standard, so it's mm. like, if I really, really enjoy this game, the next one has to be, if not better. Mm. But, but, you know, Street Fighter, it's one of those, not a hit and miss, but, like, it can be very competitive. Obviously, you know, you have the esports scenes where, mm. like, Street Fighter is a very competitive um, game where people, like, make money from it and all that type of stuff. For me, I just play games for the fun of it, yeah. you know, and obviously it's part of my job as well, but... Street Fighter 2 was something where, you know, I called, like, that was, like, my first proper introduction. Mm. Um, you know, I played like, other games, like, what, the Tarzan, Legends, mm. um, Super Mario, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo really had the game pattern. There's one game that that people play, I just never understand. What game is that? It's just too hectic. Um, Smash Bros. Ah, to yeah. this day, I don't know how to play the game. I, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. I'm meant to be doing. I don't know how you know who's winning. Like, <laughs> that is... we have a mutual friend, shout out my boy Pons. Like, he used to remember, he's, I used to watch him just whack up everybody at Smash Bros. And I used to be like, what is this game? I just see just bare little things flying around. Just like, how does your eyes move that quick? Because I'm just, a, I'm a pure sports gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I was it's kind of into combat games, but that game, I just understand, but everybody loved Smash, Smash Bros. Smash Bros is, it is, again, it's like a Street Fighter is a very, very high-skilled, like, it can be very categorised as an esports game as well. Yeah. Pe- people play it competitively, you mm. can win money. They have esports teams based on street um, Smash Bros. Crazy. And, yeah, like, I got introduced to Smash Bros quite late, and then I went backwards. Mm. So my first Smash Bros experience was on the Wii U. Okay. And then I played, um, or I played Melee um, on the GameCube, mm. and, like, prior to that. Mm. So my, my transition to Smash Bros was kind of weird, but... All in all, it is a very, very good game. Mm. And it's one of those ones where it's not as... How do I explain it? It's not as violent. It's, it's super, super fun. And yeah, it's not violent yeah, at all, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It has all the Nintendo IPs in there, oh. you know, plus some other little you know partnerships that they've done with other games mm. and stuff like that. But it's a really good game. I understand it's all over the place because like, everyone's all over the place when yeah. you're playing the games. But it is, it's super fun. And it's literally... It's just like uh, Street Fighter mm. because of how, like big it's grown and the fighting games community is super huge with various games you know like smash bros street fighter tekken Mortal Kombat, um soul Calibur, like just so many other oh, games yeah, soul yeah like you know um, what's the other one they used to play dead or alive dead or alive yeah. you know those kind of those kind of games is um what game is it? is it blue something i can't remember um there's one game that's an, there's another popular game that is in the fighting game scene. Um, I can't remember the name at the moment, but those kind of games, like, especially is super huge. Like, again, people are forming esports teams. It's considered as, like, something where you can actually make a career off of it. Mm. You know, I have a friend, uh, King J. He is one of the uh, top um, Tekken players, you know, in Europe and I believe around the world. Mm. So, um, and he made a career off of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's one of those ones where, like, gaming is now not even now it's been but like especially because now it's more spotlighted you can make a career out of it yeah so, definitely yeah. so you spoke earlier about being dubbed the tomboy so obviously as being being a woman and for them times a young lady did you find it kind of hard to kind of maybe not fit in but just navigate socially because obviously your interests seemingly are more heavily aligned with what boys get 
what what boys into in terms of gaming, especially when you're younger those times? Um, yes and no, because mm. I still, I guess, I still had like my, you know, my girly moments and those mm. times, you know, but I've never saw gaming as a gendered hobby. Mm-hmm. It's always been just, I enjoy games. Unfortunately, you know, you have the men that kind of make it a gender thing because they haven't really seen many women um, play video games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many women that play video games, but it's a thing of because they haven't been confident to say it or they're always shunned away. There's always the ignorance behind it that a lot of women are not vocal to come out and say, hey, I play video games. Mm. Um, you know, me playing video games and stuff, like, I've always been a guy's girl, you know? Like, I hang around with guys, it's nothing to me. It's, it's never been mm. a conscious thing of, oh wow like there's more guys that play video games than girls it's never been like that with me it's just it just so happened that i was a lot around i was around i was around a lot of guys who play video games you know i did have like the odd friends who were female Mm. that played video games but it wasn't as common growing up Mm. um at the same time you know i did experience a lot of sexism and you know obviously racism that's throughout the board but um and guys just trying to undermine me as a gamer because they felt like I didn't know anything because I was a girl and stuff like that. Um, obviously, when I was younger as well, I was violent. So I can beat up people, they, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, for me personally, it wasn't a thing where I got bullied or whatever like that. It was, it was never socially awkward. It was a thing of if it was a thing where they tried to question me as a gamer, I could like question them back, like, what is it? Is it a problem? You know, that sort of thing. And I know I am not like every other girl, you know, because there's girls that couldn't really be vocal about it or, you know, even if they tried to defend themselves, they couldn't because of the way, you know, that stereotype and that stigma was faced. So, Speaking yeah. of stereotype and the stigma, shit, I'll get into that later. So you, so Nay Saga, when did you decide to start that and how did it come about? Um, it actually came about, <laughs> Nay Saga actually helped me from my depression. Um, Sorry if we're getting a bit too, too deep. No, it's cool. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so before Nay Saga, um, you know, I had like other things I was doing. I was in a toxic relationship and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. And um, that kind of period in time, I neglected gaming. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't love gaming anymore, it's because of my life was just so hectic. And I was, you know, around a lot. Just, it wasn't, I, I wasn't in the right mind frame. And that kind of led to depression. Mm. And I didn't know it was depression because I've always been such a, like, just get on with it type of person. Of course. Um, and then obviously I had a breakup and I was just like, it was just, things just spiraled out of control. And where, obviously, yeah, I had therapy and stuff like that, but where I kind of gained my strength back and gained who I was as a person was the birth of Nay Saga, playing video games again, watching anime, reading comics again, getting into what takes me away from my stress mm. and what makes me who I am again. And I saw like within the games industry, I didn't see people who looked like me like that. I didn't mm. see black people really in this in this space because growing up and just hanging around with people, they've always been people of color, black people who I play video games with, I played online with, but in the mainstream grander schemes, I didn't see anyone who looks like me. And I wanted to, and obviously facing racism and sexism, playing online, like playing Call of Duty and stuff, I wanted to create a safe space for people who felt like they didn't belong. I wanted to create um, opportunities for people who, you know, may not want to be a content creator, but they want to work behind the scenes as a games in, in the games industry. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to be able to show and prove that, listen, we are here and you don't have to conform into 
I guess the white mainstream gaming industry of things and um, you know again it's institutionally racist you know what I'm saying so I wanted to just build my space because you know when I actually did want to actually work in the games industry like work for a studio or work for like a gaming PR company it was hard because they all hire the same people they don't hire black people and because they don't hire black people there's no voices for us. There's no one to actually recommend us to this, that, and a third. So I just said, you know what, okay, I'm gonna just make my own uh, platform and I'm gonna build it so big that the doors come knocking and I have the power and I'm in control of my narrative and the narrative that the games industry has tried to place upon us. Mm. So um, like literally I'd say Naysaga kind of saved my life. Mm. Um, so five years later, here we are. Okay, so it's been five years. So. You're speaking about certain things like like racism and sexism. Me as a gamer, I don't play games as much now because I don't have as much time. And I think a mix of time, being lazy, <laughs> and certain like games I like to kind of fell off. Like I was a big, I was big into FIFA. Yeah, FIFA just fell off the cliff. So it's <laughs> getting bothered. But I remember going online, mm-hmm. and you get racism. Oh. Obviously, for some people, it's like deep. I'm somebody that can laugh at that type of stuff. So it's usually because I'm winning, like on FIFA. Yeah, and then, and they come and take and, and, you. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'll just make sure like, I'll pause the game and send them loads of love hearts and kisses. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll get so rattled, they'll start calling me getting even more and more racially grotesque and I'll just keep laughing or I'll do... Like, there's like a goal in FIFA people call. They call it all types of names. I'm not politically correct. But it's like, yeah. you're going towards a goal yeah. and then you have a player to say, just pass it across, it's a tapping. Yeah. And people used to hate those goals in FIFA. They said, oh, you can't score those goals, those goals are cheap. Why? Like, it's See cool. me, boy, I don't know about that, but I'm not trying to score goals. So I think one game I scored like literally like eight of those goals. Oh wow. And the guy said to me, he was swearing at me, he was being racist. He was like, oh yeah, look at the goal I scored, it was a great goal. I said, yeah, but the score's eight one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can hold your great goal, and then you kept calling me all types of names, I just find it funny. Yeah. But like, how have you managed to deal with it? Because not everybody has similar experience. Like when was the fact, when was the first time you received like racism and or sexism in in gaming? When I was playing Call of Duty, um, so one of my favourite Call of Duty games is Modern Warfare 2. Um, yeah, actually, that. one of my the best mm. Modern Warfare Two, and this is with like the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. This was like the first time in that kind of gen where you get to actually play online with your friends. Now, mm. you know, we've always been used to co-op playing locally with yeah. people, and for me, the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty at that period was super peak. It was super busy, like it was the console um, over the PS Three. So um, playing online like normal, you know, whatever. And, like you know, I got my first win and stuff, and then I just heard a guy just. Because obviously you can hear my voice. Mm. And when you can hear my voice, you know I'm a woman and you know, you know, so um he just started just being sexist. Ah, oh, Courtney, ah oh, you you ugly B-I-T-C-H. Ah oh, you Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh you fucking nigga, da 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 da. Ah, oh, women shouldn't be playing video games. And I was just laughing <laughs> because it's like, is it because I got the kill and stuff like that that mm. you're now swearing at me? You know when Xbox 360 you can actually send messages, mm. you open it up like a little envelope and stuff, and it was just it was so funny, but it was just like, yo, like because of gaming that you guys don't want us in this space. And it's just so funny to me because, you know, nowadays a lot of nowadays and I guess it's always been that way, but a lot of the gaming consumers have been black. So it's like, we aren't just like these unicorns, you know, we've been here, we've been existing. And, you know, it's just, it's it's super unfortunate. And it's one of those ones where, for me, I've been able to build thick skin, you know, and, but not many can. So I'm happy to wear that shield. I'm happy to get those um, knives on my back as long as 
you know, my people, my community are good mm. and the next gen is safe as well. Mm. So that's why, you know, even five, six years down the line, I'm still fighting that good fight. And you're not, you may not like me, you may not like what my message is, but I know what my message and what I stand for is important and it's real. And it's helped a lot of people when, um, because even for me now, I don't even call myself a, a content creator, quote unquote, like that. Before content creating, I am a community leader first. I'm a community manager first. Um, you know, I do consulting. Um, you know, I do events management. I do event producing. That's where it's been. You've been to my events. So yeah. my, my events have always been my priority yeah. and creating those safe spaces. So, um, you know, people are going to not like what's supposed to be normal. Yeah. So they try to shut you out. And that's why I'm here to break down those doors so my people can go in there as well. So, so um, fast facts. I find it weird that people, like, somebody's got a different message than you. Like, just, if you don't like it, I don't know why you won't like it, especially if it's not offensive, but just keep it moving. And also, you're playing games, so just come play your games and enjoy it. Exactly. Okay, so recently, you've been, you've been, you've been doing bits for a while. Thanks. And then you. seeing you with, like, the PS5 and what's the new Xbox called again? Xbox Series X. Xbox Series X, yeah. And then, obviously, everybody was happy for you what, in our network. And then you got a lot of bad vibes, bad energy <laughs> yeah. from, I like to call them incels. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's true. Like, So what was your first reaction to that? Was you expecting that? Was it more than you thought? Was you shocked? Like, And what? And give my audience, um, listeners, like... Their background. Yeah, their background, just behind it. Okay, so um, for those who don't know, um, I am a like, diversity and inclusive consultant. So I consult with brands and companies on how they need to be more inclusive with you know their titles they have coming out or you know consoles they have whatever that is my job to consult and um part of it was obviously we're in the next gen ps5 is coming out xbox series x is coming out every single time they come out i barely see black people being part of the launch Mm. being part of the launch is a huge thing because this is like you going into the next generation of gaming Mm. and everybody knows how everybody should know right now that like gaming is super diverse of course but again the way it's marketed the way they put the front up that it's just a mainly white you know hobby industry that's the problem so people aren't used to seeing black people being part of the launch processes and stuff like that now my thing was okay, I need to change that, especially, listen, I don't have the biggest numbers. I don't have 100 million subscribers and stuff like that, mm. but I know I have the impact. I mm. know I have the value. I know what I bring. My experience says it for itself. And um, luckily for me, I've had a, you know an existing relationship with Xbox and PlayStation. So I said, you know what, it's time. Like it's time where I'm gonna go and consult with them. I'm gonna let them know like, look, this is what you can do better. You can love a brand, you can love a company, but you can also critique them because you want them to do better. I love Microsoft, I love Sony, but I know they could do better, especially because of what they're trying to promote and what they're trying to market. Microsoft, they're trying to promote accessibility, power your dreams. They're trying to promote, you know, everyone is inclusive. Um, Obviously, as you guys have seen, you know, they have the new Xbox Series X, but then they also have the Xbox Series S. Xbox Series S pricing at £240, mm. cheaper than the Nintendo Switch. Mm. That is accessibility because mm. there's people who may come from, you know, poorer backgrounds or there's people who want to get into gaming but they may not have the money for it or, you know, they want to, they want everyone to feel inclusive. And um, if you're going to be promoting that and marketing that, why don't you reflect that in your campaigns and your talent mm. and who you bring forward? 
Um, PlayStation, same thing. Um, so I said, like, nah, we need to change things. Like, we need to actually shake this industry up because if we can start this now, it would then set the standard of what they need to do going forward. Right. So um, myself and Timmy, one of the co-founders from the Nerd Council, shout out to him. We, you know, sat down together, spent, like, hours, we'll have late nights, you know, preparing the decks on, like, okay, this is how we're going to approach them. This is how we're going to consult them. We chose... Um, so obviously it was myself, Timmy, and six other people in the games industry who have been in the industry for years now, who have their own communities, who are working actively in the industry to change it, who have been navigating, consulting, all sorts. Um, we had uh, Jayanne, co- um, founder of Black Girl Gamers, mm. amazing, phenomenal woman, and she is like a close friend of mine, but she also is a community leader who has been leading black women you know, as the forefront for, you know, women in games. And, um, you know, she's been in this around the same time as me. You know, King Jay, who I said earlier about, who is um, one of like the lead tech and, you know, but even still, he's been in it for like 10 years now. So he has the credentials. Mm. Uh, Mr. Midas, who is a TV presenter and also a gaming producer. Again, he has the credentials. He's been in this for God knows how long. Tiana Mercedes. Call of Duty Queen, been in this for how many so years, has a community built, all that good stuff. Uh, MC Fixer, same thing. Um, who else? Did I forget anyone else? Uh, Sun has a community herself. So, all these people we've chosen because they reflect what it is to be black British gamers mm. because we all come from different backgrounds, we all come from different places within the industry. Some of us work behind the scenes, some of us are content creators, some of us have communities, some of us are you know in the industry as presenters and stuff like that all of us come from different scenes and we chose them because it's targeting different black gamers from different demographics you have king jay who's from the fighting games community Mm -hmm. that is a whole huge community Mm -hmm. you know and for example um for myself my community is mixed so i had the competitive gamers i had the casual gamers Mm -hmm. i had the men the women all kinds of people so um, we made sure that we chose those people because we know the impact that it was going to have and we know the reach that it was going to have and we know that it was going to change a lot and shake things up. Now, I was expecting backlash from the racists. I was expecting, you know, I was expecting a couple of haters. I was, I was, it was inevitable, you know, because people are so used to this systematic mm. racist, you know, leverage that they don't want to see the change. So we're gonna have to force the change. So we consulted with, um, it's so crazy, right? Because when we actually had the meetings with both companies, we had it on the same day. Um, and funnily enough, they booked it on the same day as well. So, um, you know, we went in there, we consulted, we told them, um, these are who we want to be part of this launch. This is why, and this is what we would like to do after that. Because it's not just collecting consoles, because I can buy 20 if I wanted to, right? Mm. Like, I had these consoles on pre-order. It was nothing, because, again, like, this is this is my job. This is what I do. Mm. So even if I wasn't a part of the launch, if I can get... If I can consult and get black people as a part of that launch, I've done my job. Mm. And God is good. Like, you know, they agreed. They were so impressed with, like, you know how we put everything together, why we came together. We, they, For example, Microsoft said that we even did their job for them. And it's a bittersweet feeling because as a PR company, and as well, because obviously the company that we spoke to was a PR company and Xbox themselves, you guys should have already had talent of colour in your books, but mm. you didn't. 
So we didn't shoot, we were the only black people, which was especially for Microsoft. We were the only black people in the UK that actually had those consoles early, which was like, yo, so you wasn't gonna like, so if we didn't have it, then what was gonna happen? No one's gonna have it. Mm. So Sony, they were a bit better, you know? They had our names already, but it's one of those ones we had to try and solidify that and add a bit more, you know? And bingo, it happened. Like part of my job is to consult for these people and make things better. So pattern that, when it came, so the first the first one obviously was the Microsoft, the Xbox thing. So, you know, being part of the review program, you're under heavy embargoes, you can't say shit to anyone. But it was just that feeling of, oh my gosh, we did it. Like we're actually part of this launch. And, you know, due to COVID, we could have done more. We had plans to do more, but COVID kind of messed things mm. up, you know? So, and you know what I'm like, I'm an events person. If I want to do something, I'll go, go all out. So we had to make the most of what we could do digitally and from home. So, you know, we spoke to everyone that we, put them a part of and stuff. We said, okay, this is how we're gonna do it. Obviously with embargoes and stuff, you're given times, dates. It was just, you know, it was crazy, but we did it. And the feeling that we had, people who we didn't even know supporting us, the fact that there were black people that was just rooting for us because they saw themselves in that launch. Right. Says, it wasn't even just the UK lot now, US internationally. Had people from like flipping Kenya like congratulating me and stuff like that because they don't see this and the fact that we did it it's like okay we've now been able to open those doors and even after that we're still consulting with them we're still in those meetings of you know Xbox and Sony and stuff like that we're still trying to do things for next year because it's it's one of those ones where you have to put your foot in the door for more people to come I would have loved to given 50 Xboxes to 50 black creators but you have to work smartly. Like my my thing this year has always been now about working smart. I've done all the hard work now. It's now to work smart, get in those doors first, do what you can a little bit, then start bringing more people in. That's how I do it because what you when you kind of notice how the system works, you notice that they're very intimidated when the whole influx of us come in. Mm. So you're gonna have to work smartly to do it slowly and slowly but surely. So again. I would, again, I would have loved to give him 50 PSs and 50 uh, Xboxes to people, but I couldn't because there's only so much I can do, mm. you know? But what you can do on your front is support, help, retweet, share, let people know that we're here. And that's what we did. Fucking Xbox tweeted me and I, I was in a meeting <laughs> and my phone was blowing up. And I was thinking, crap, did somebody post my nudes? Because I was just like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, somebody was, I was just like, what is going on? And I was in a really important meeting and I was just like, only to see that people were adding me from my personal account and my, like, Naysaga account, that Xbox UK literally tweeted a screenshot. It was a Jose Mourinho one and... Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Yeah, I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Is this my life right now? And it was just one of those ones where, yeah, so many people were congratulating. Then you have people were like, ah... why are they giving um, somebody with like, at the time I had about 2K subs, I believe. Did I have 2K subs? I think I had like two or 3K subs. So they were like, oh, why are you giving somebody with this amount of subscribers, uh, a console, this, that, and a third. This just, just like, bro, it's not about numbers. Mm. And that's what I've been saying. Like, it's never gonna be about numbers. This whole thing has been about impact over numbers. Mm. And I've just shown you the impact. Mm. And then I've also got the numbers after that. So people, People are kind of mad because they thought me as a quote-unquote nobody got both of them. Mm. And they're not understanding that first and foremost, this is my job. 
So part of my job is to actually review content. And in order to do that, I need equipment to do that. Mm. And part of that is when I'm working with people like Sony and Microsoft, they need to give me the stuff so I can do the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Secondly, if you felt like you wanted to be a part of it, you should have gone consulted. Like, <laughs> mm. you know what I'm saying? If you're not doing the work, then... Don't look at me like don't I owe you, look, me like you, I owe you anything. Worth it, my guy, Adolf. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, doing this is not just for me. It's bigger than me. And it's always been bigger than me. Like, I have a community to look after. You know you know how they say, feed the streets. I, that's what I'm doing, mm. you know? And it's not just about consoles. It's more than that. It's working with game devs to provide game codes to give to black content creators mm. because black content creators ain't even receiving free games like that because it's just so hard for us to be visible and to be seen in That's that light crazy. because we're always getting ignored we're not given that same equity um, equity we're not given that um same opportunities it's crazy because when you look at like um the content creators for like maybe gem or maybe more hair and beauty yeah. fashion like of course there's still racism I'm not of course play it but at least you're seeing people who, Lord. yeah, that are getting brought in, working with very top brands and stuff. To me, it's crazy that our gamers haven't received that love, especially like culturally. Mm. How, how quote I don't I hate this term, but it's one black culture. Yeah, they're so influential. I'm so influential on what on what pop- what is popular. Bro, this is what they do. They take the black culture, they put it in white culture, and then they do you know what I'm saying? They don't even include us in it. It's crazy to me. It's, yeah, so it's bonkers to me. So I, I like just following you, and especially seeing that happen, just like following on to it. I was like, bro, these, these men are big mad, you know. I was just thinking, hang on, there's men actually mad that I'm doing my job. People thought that I was using the race card to obtain free consoles. People felt like I was complaining. People felt like. Um, I was begging. I don't beg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't beg. There's nothing to beg about. This is the thing I hate about humour sometimes, yeah? They see something that they don't understand. Yeah, that's it. And instead of going to find out or asking, man just start making up mad, just mad conspiracy theories. Mad saying, oh, coronavirus is for the 5G mask. That's why she got the consoles. Do you know what I mean? It's, just, it's the mark of the beast, Illuminati. <laughs> Bro, just go to Ark. So watch the content and you fucking find out. Like, it's, it's it, I find it outrageous. And uh. it's weird how... When there's things for other minority groups, mm. everyone understands, but when it's us, it's like, why? Why? Yeah, that... Why are you questioning something that I'm doing for you guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just doing this for me. Again, if Sony and Microsoft gave me 50, I would have patent any everyone. Mm. Not everyone, but like those who deserve it. Mm. Again, it's all about Yeah, people gotta be looking at you like your Jesus feeding a five thousand, bro. You know like I mean? you know, these consoles are like five, six bills, bro. Like bro. to give you fifty, that's a lot of racks. So you know what I'm saying? And it's like I was so happy that Sony even gave me an additional PS5 to give away to my community mm. because that's again what I wanted. That's and I was it. even saying, like, yo, like oh, if I got if I got those, like I'd love to do a giveaway. And even if I didn't, I was still gonna do a giveaway anyways. I was gonna buy another one and then do a giveaway. But it's just about giving back because again, there is no naysaga without those who are supporting me and those who want me there. So it was just the whole experience was just so funny to me because it's just like you guys are proving me right. You guys are proving why I'm here. You guys are proving that this community and this industry is so toxic and you're not giving black people um, the right opportunities and the equal opportunities. It's so funny because what no what not funny, what I enjoyed was people who I know who aren't even gamers, but because like you're black, you're a black woman. People riding for you, like people that uh, people that don't even play games on their phone. We're like, nah, this is not gonna run. Like, why are you not here? I honestly shout out to everyone who 
who probably haven't even known they saga or haven't really been following they saga or who aren't, like you said who aren't even gamers but they were writing for me because they were able to see what's right was right and what's wrong is wrong mm. and i appreciate that so more because it's just a thing of listen even if like you're not in this industry you appreciate and understand like we need to be like dominating in this industry and you'll do everything you can to make sure that you're supporting so honestly shout out to those that i don't even personally know mm. but they supported they you know they backed me like it was amazing because listen like i think people yes i have to be professional because i have a brand and you know i work with companies on a daily basis mm. but i had to let people show them what the one mm. you know and <laughs> it was one of those ones where even like companies for example like Elgato who I'm partnered with they understood they understood like okay yes definitely you know, you, yeah, you, you can you know what I'm saying mm. because sometimes especially being a black person in an industry not even just gaming any type of industry we're not given chances you see white creators or white people in industries who have done the most crazy stuff you know, but they're given X amount of opportunities. They're given partnership deals. They're given endorsements. They're given clothing line collaborations. Mm. Black people, we don't even get opportunities. As soon as we do something just off brand, we're, we're gone. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So again, like I appreciate those in the industry who know May Saga, know what we've been doing and stood by me. And you know what? It's unfortunate again, because it's, it's again, it's a bit of sweet feeling because, you know, even though those racists and those trolls came after me, it actually, you know, those people that said I was irrelevant, it actually helped my engagement. Yeah. <laughs> it helped my engagement. Put jokes on you. Like, it helped my engagement. It helped a lot of things. And um, there was so many industry people that um, followed me. I was thinking, yo, like, okay, I understand, like, yeah, you guys want to show solidarity, but it should have been a thing where you should have been doing it. It's mm. not only now that I'm being attacked by racists and harassed and all sorts that you care now. Mm. Because it's just, this is just like the Black Lives Matter stuff again. Mm. Black Lives Matter don't just matter when we're dead mm. it's also when we're alive and i think people need to stop trying to react when something is happening it should be a you know ongoing thing so yeah, yeah. so yeah so shout out them pagans um <laughs> proper losers like it's just really like, this is so like I'm, what the funny thing about it is just i enjoy reading people who i know are trying shit yeah, trying yeah, to make yeah. it sound like and they arguing with valid points with but four plus four equals salami. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But um, but anyway, so PS5, the brand new Xbox. Streets want to know which one's better. Uh, you probably can't say which one's better. You're not going to give a politically correct answer. But okay, tell us what you like about each one. Uh, so going off the Xbox first, again, first and foremost, the accessibility, um, as we were speaking earlier. You know, one of the things that they, you know, promote off the gate was the Games Pass. Xbox didn't have a big launch lineup. Um, it was literally the Games Pass that literally kind of helped with their launch and the Xbox Series S, which was the cheaper alternative. Mm -hmm. But the Xbox, again, it is technically the more powerful system, um, but it's good. Like, it's a very, very good console. You know, the Xbox One, which was a last gen, didn't do well. I mean, I had it and I just got bored of it because it didn't cater to the gamers. And one thing quite a people tried to miss the mark of is trying to make a, con a gaming console system an entertainment system. Mm. The first important thing you need to do, especially if you're trying to win over a gamer's heart, is to make sure that the system is di designed for gamers. Entertainment second, priority is for gamers yeah, first. Yeah, because we've got, we got smart TVs now. Do you know what I'm we saying? don't need I, the PS4. I don't need the Netflix and yeah. it's nice. It's yeah, cool, not... but I don't need that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, 
they did well. They, you know, they made them, they made their mistakes with the Xbox One and they rectified it with the Xbox Series X. You know, there's all the little cool features I can use, like my Alexa or my Google to open like my my Xbox and stuff. That's like, sick. It's, it's so, it's so freaking cool. But yeah, you guys check out my week review and everything like that. Of course, I put a link yeah, in the back. Thank you. <laughs> um, again, accessibility with the Games Pass. Um, there's so many games you can play. You know, it has the backwards compatibility. Um, people are kind of 50-50. People don't really want to play old titles like that. But then you do have people that want to kind of have that nostalgic feel and play games from all the way back into the original Xbox. And, you know, there's a lot of enhanced features. You can play 4K, uh, up to you know 120 hertz, um, 120 120 FPS, um, and there are a lot of good games that have you know that have come with it, and it is a quality all around console, and it's something where it's one of those ones where it's better to invest now because there is a lot of good stuff coming out for the future. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Halo got delayed, but you know, we now know that they're going to make sure they make it perfect so you're able to enjoy it a lot more better because mm-hmm. that was meant to be the launch title, mm-hmm. but it didn't get well received. Um, but the biggest thing about this Xbox is the accessibility and, you know, just the comfort of not paying an additional price for more games. Mm. They Even with the Games Pass, you still have newer titles that are out, you know, that you can play at no additional cost. That's it. Um, and then on top of that, if so for me, um, my type of gaming is I play in all types of systems. So I play PC gaming, Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox. So obviously with, you know, the Xbox and Microsoft, Microsoft and Windows, so if you're a PC gamer, this is like the perfect system mm-hmm. that is compatible with it because you can play, you know, Games Pass spreads across PC gaming as well. Oh, that's low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just it's just a really well packaged console that accommodates people with PCs, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you have the PlayStation. PlayStation, we all know how it is. First and foremost, all your niggas are getting it, you mm-hmm. know? Like this it's it's a it's a console where it's for the people, it's for the culture, mm-hmm. you know? And the ha- you know the new dual sense honestly the best controller i have ever had it looks good oh my gosh it is absolutely no, not like i hate I, i've hated the ps4 controllers i feel like they're just so feeble they're gonna break oh yeah i've had a, i've had a lot of people tell me that um their consoles sorry their like pads break quite easily mm-hmm. i mean i didn't have that problem per se but uh, it breaks quite easily this one is very durable it looks it are uh, super pretty and if you want to when you're talking about next gen that the, the controller itself is next gen, mm. especially with like nowadays a lot of games and you know the game studios are trying to make sure that when you're experiencing the game itself, it accommodates the you know the controller. So for example, I was playing 2K uh, the other day and just when you know your players run, running out of breath, you can feel it on the triggers and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane and just like even like um, for example, playing Call of Duty. When I was playing Call of Duty the other day, just like tapping the back of it with the triggers and the haptic feedback that you get from it, mm. it's it's ridiculous. So it's that immersive experience that you're going to like with the PS5. And then coupled with that, you can play up to 8K. Like, nobody's playing up to 8K, but you have that mm. thing to go more, you know? I mean, the only negative side about the PS5 is the storage space. But again, with the Xbox as well, even though it is one terabyte, like, it, you know, I think one major downfall of both consoles is the storage space. I think now that we're in 2020, they could have made a standard two terabyte uh, console, but I guess they wanted to, you know, look at it from a price point price point perspective. Mm. Are they going to like, you know, raise it because of you know space, or they're going to keep that that standard and you know have everyone buy external storage? So you are going to look at those. There, there are like little downsides to both consoles, but all in all, for example, the PlayStation Five is in a really 
it's a really really good upgrade from the PS um, PS4. You're gonna enjoy it. Um, there are launch titles. It may not be the strongest lineup from previous you know gens, but you have Mars Morales, you have Sackboy, you have Astro's Playroom, which is an underrated game that so many people enjoyed, and that really kind of showcases you know the new drill sense. Um, you have Demon Souls, you know, which is ah uh, a headache, but mm. it's a very very popular game, and you know just games where you feel like I guess weren't. I guess, you know, a strong lineup, you're actually going to enjoy it. And then obviously you have the backwards compatibility, but it's only like 90% PS4 games, but a lot of titles are working towards, you know, improving enhancements. So Ghost of Tsushima that came out, uh, which is the last major uh, PS4 title that came out, it looks so much better on the PS5. Okay. So you're going to see that instant, um, that instant like quality. And also, if, like, for example, the Xbox, you have the quick resume. Honestly, the quick resume is the best thing that's ever happened to mm. the Xbox. Literally, tw- you turn on the game, go into it, it's loaded. And even with the PS5, they don't really promote the quick resume and like they're like loading startups, but it's super quick. Mm. So, you know, and even the little things with like the PS5, I prefer the UX UI on it. It's so much better, so much laid out. You know, with the PS4, it was very clunky. It was, just, it was just all over the place, you mm. know, but the PS5, super clean just just the little details help and even the improvements on the ps app i don't know if you've updated it but it looks so much better and it accommodates um the new ps5 console as well so you don't have to have separate apps to talk to your friends now you can actually talk to them on all in one app you know putting in games and downloading it is so much better now so you know i i'll probably have a decision january february Mm. um but for now, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. I guess it's all dependent on the type of gamer you are. You know, if you're somebody who, I guess, plays with your friends majority of the time, and you know, you're kind of just you're, you're kind of happy with the whole PlayStation family process. Get the PlayStation. If you're somebody who wants to try something new, but you want something a bit more powerful, um, then the Xbox is there. But again, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Fantastic. Um... I had one, I sold mine, now I'm bringing it because it's getting cold. I told you. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I'm going to try to get one eventually. Yeah. So, um, it's crazy, um, the PS5, obviously, this year has been slap sensors by Corona. Yeah. And Corona, of course, has impacted both Microsoft and Sony in terms Absolutely. of the stock that's been distributed yes. before we're limited. But I was shocked to see the numbers, like, um, the fact I was reading earlier today that the PS5, um, this month, well, the month of November was the eighth highest month in terms of of purchases. Mm-hmm. The second biggest in revenue since I think twenty thirteen when they really twenty thirteen December when they had a restock of the PS four and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So loads of money was made. Yes, so many people bought. Mm-hmm. Which and what I've seen is that I think in the last month or so, there's been a ninety six percent increase in the whole gaming market. Yes, and I find that crazy because obviously you're thinking COVID. Everybody's you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. oh, what's your money? But it's weird that kind of gaming is also probably getting people through these times. Absolutely. And especially now you're working from home, like, switching out PS4, like, yo, fam, we want to play some UK. <laughs> We're well, just supposed to be in a meeting or this. <laughs> Big facts. Do you know what I mean? So I think that was impressive from both companies yes. to... And also looking at the stats, I was so surprised. Like, this was the first month in like years where Nintendo Switch wasn't the most popular yeah, console. It was doing very well. Um, okay, so you, you, I'm assuming you have a Switch. Yes. What okay for us lamers? What is a Switch and why on earth does everybody have it? <laughs> so the Nintendo Switch is obviously the newest addition to the Nintendo console lineup. Mm. Um, it's handheld as well as dot. So mm. 
they have two editions. They had the OG Nintendo Switch, which is what I have. So you can play it on the go or you can play it docked. So you can play it on your TV. Oh, then so they have the Switch Lite, which is literally on the go. Oh, yeah. So it's like the cheap alternative. And with the Switch, it's like, you know, it's a new edition. And the fact that being a Nintendo fan, like you've always kind of been used to that kind of portable system. You know, you had the SP, mm. you had the GBA, you had the Nintendo DS. You know the older titles, so yeah, they yeah, so they resorted to that, but they also wanted to make sure that there's the option of you playing from the comfort of your bed as well as playing it on a TV. Mm. So this year in particular, well, the things with Nintendo, they they know their market very very well, and because they have a very well, like a well connected and thorough family um, market, they're able to sell regardless. Mm. And especially this year during COVID, you couldn't even find a, um, a Nintendo Switch. Because as soon as COVID hit, everyone was looking for a Switch. And everyone was looking for Animal Crossing. Everyone was looking for Ring Fit. Everyone was looking for these titles and these consoles to play because this is such a really homely type of console. Not to put it away from the PlayStation and stuff, but again, Nintendo was, is still not fairly new, but it's, it's still fairly new. As opposed to something like the PlayStation or the Xbox. Everyone's been having it since 2013, 14. Nintendo Switch came out, what, like two, three years ago? Yeah. So it's still fairly new. That's why the prices haven't even dropped yet because Nintendo know how, know how popular it is. So how much is it? Uh, it's 279. 279, that's not too bad. And then the, the, the Xbox Series S is 240. And think about it, in, on paper, the Xbox Series S actually outperforms. Of course, yeah. You understand? But again, Nintendo's always been a, one of those consoles where it will sell well regardless because it's a family-owned, orientated type of console. So... Again, there was literally a point when COVID first hit, nobody was finding the Nintendo Switch to like May, June. Crazy. Yeah, because of how well it was selling out. Um, but again, because everyone was looking forward to these next-gen consoles, and especially because we all knew that it was coming out this year. Again, we didn't know when, but we all knew that it was coming out this year. Everyone was basically like, okay, well, I'm not going to buy a new PS5 or, sorry, a new PS4 or Xbox. Let me go and buy a Switch to buy myself time. Yeah. Keep myself busy. So, yeah, exactly. And obviously the reason why, I guess, like the Nintendo Switch is, I guess, not outperforming because... Well, now it's because everyone's trying to buy the PS5 and yeah. the Xbox because that's what everyone has been been waiting for. For years. Yeah. So, um, random. I was going to ask this, but sure. Nintendo Switch just put me up. So, <laughs> why did the why did the PSP kind of come and go? In your opinion. I think. I remember I had a PSP. It didn't really like it. Then my brother had about a million because it kept on breaking each one. <laughs> and it kind of just seems just to fizzle out. You know what? Nintendo have always. You know what, Nintendo have always been the first. Sometimes when you're the first to do something, you have this formula. Mm. And when people try to replicate or try to do their own, mm. it may not stick. Yeah. So Nintendo being the you know, the con like the company that's had the Game Boys, the Game Boy Speak, like the handhelds. Obviously PSP was a very good, like underrated um handheld console or handheld console, but it kind of lost its lackluster because, you know, sometimes you know, it had a great catalogue, but I felt like they could have added a bit more to give it that sustainability. Mm. Now, they came up with a PSP Vita, mm. but it didn't do well. Because, you know... Oh, I talk about that, too. Yeah, so the PSP... The, again, with all consoles, there's always a lifespan to it. So I think where Sony kind of fell short was that when they tried to bring out the PSP Vita, Nintendo already on the next thing with, you know, their other new handhelds that were, you know, they were coming out, like the 3DSs and stuff like that. And... PSP kind of fell short because they were kind of missing the mark on how to target their existing audiences with the PSP. Because a lot of people who are PSP users went back to Nintendo because mm. that's what they were so used to, you know? So, and because everybody knows Sony's focus are the heavy, the, the, the heavy hitters, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
I think Sony kind of fell short in a sense of they didn't really nurture, I guess, the PSPs and the PSP Vitas. Mm. So I guess if we were to try and get something now, there's potential, but it will probably have to accommodate the PS5. It will have to kind of do everything better than the Nintendo Switch and stuff. But I guess the reason why Nintendo is always dominating on the handheld perspective is because they know how to reach the audiences. Mm. They know how to um, target a family friendlies, you know, because it it's an easy control to get to the hangover. Obviously, Nintendo had their problems with the internet connection and mm. voice, all that stuff. But overall, Nintendo had a long lineage of handheld consoles that's always done successfully. Very well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so to conclude, what can we expect to see from a saga on yourself in the coming year? There's a lot. Um, <laughs> so where are we in December? Um, so for me, I normally try to work on quarter to quarter basis. So quarter one, you one, two, three, four. So hopefully if COVID will allow it, um, I should be back to physical events. Um, I've got a couple partnerships in the works to announce soon. Um, I guess, you know, I guess from the content creating side, more content, um, and then just more consulting and hopefully a games agency next year. So, yeah, like, I can, that's all I can say for now without breaking NDA, but... <laughs> um, so, obviously, with the games agency, my friend, like myself and Timmy, would like to create a games industry where we prioritise black content creators to get their world use. Mm-hmm. Um We've been in this industry long enough, and we bend our back. We bent our backs long enough to understand how hard it is. We don't want black content creators and streamers to have to deal with that. So we wanted to kind of create that medium where we work with companies to distribute, do comms, consult, and give black content creators opportunities. So recently, we were just working with Ubisoft and three of their titles: uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, yeah, Watch Dogs, yeah, and. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Mm. We just worked with Sega for the new Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, and essentially we just helped them with consulting them first, getting black content creators, you know, as part of the review process, the streaming process. Um, we even got like content creators paid from one of, you know, one of the gigs that we worked on. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do more of, do more campaigns. Um, and just do more Naysaga campaigns outside of that, just more Naysaga campaigns for next year. Um, and hopefully go full time yeah. next year as well. Okay. So. so where can we find your content? So you can find me on my website at www.naysaga.co.uk. Um, I'm on Twitter, Naysaga, Facebook, Naysaga, Instagram, Naysaga, YouTube, Naysaga, Twitch, Naysaga. Yeah, everywhere, Naysaga. Okay, cool. So make sure you follow Steph and on her journey. Um, I don't, I don't think I anything else to ask you. That's it. <laughs> thank you. Well, much. thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming. You've been a great guest. Thank I learned quite a lot. Now I want to buy games now. So. Oh, I hope you can try and get a PS5 now. So yeah, let's <laughs> get a PS5 just to play Madden like once a month. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the way my boys gas me. Oh, 2K is amazing now. Just for oh. it actually is. I can't. Yeah, and it's winter as well, so I want to get that. But yeah, people, listen. Please make sure you follow Steph and all her content. Make sure you follow myself on Twitter. That's underscore nomics on insta this is pod and this is make sure you jump on the patreon the full video with this will be out on patreon eventually i'm just learning how to edit so bear with me <laughs> but there will be like a a mini version of this on youtube eventually so i'm not gonna say what date because you know what i'm saying but yeah until next week people peace thank you
Social Podcast Network.